We only got one life, so it's time to live it for. I don't hesitate, I embrace every day. Cause we only got one life, so it's time to live it for. It's not about trying to achieve more or gain, but rather how to lose and let go. Let me explain. Once you let go of all things that aren't significant, you'll be left with everything that is truly important. I'm living everyday life with a purpose. Living everyday life with a purpose. This is another episode of the podcast. Live it for. Hey, welcome to episode 69 of the Live It Full podcast. I'm Richard. I'm your co-host in the studio alone by myself today. We talk about faith, family, finance, fitness. We talk about those topics. We talk about what's going on in our life, Um, but we live by that mantra. If you haven't listened before and this is your first time, you picked a good episode to tune in. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more on the finance side. Um, Family, we'll hit faith a little. Um, but I want to share some experiences I had this week. But if you have listened before, you love the podcast, and you want to help us spread the good news, the message of Live It Full to the masses, make sure and share us on your social media. Go to Apple or Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all those great places. You will find links in our link tree, or you can go to www.liveitfull.com. Buy some merchandise while you're there. But I want to talk a little bit this week about the what I think, especially in today's economy, today's environment, the world that we are in, one of the scariest phrases you will ever hear someone say, especially an employee of a company, or even scarier yet, the owner of a company. Last night, I posted on my social media a somewhat cryptic message. Um, I didn't go into huge details. And I'm not going to go into details here. I'm going to call it like a, like Dragnet used to, so that may date me although not as much as people who probably watched it when it was new. But the names have been changed to protect the innocent. I'm not going to call out a company. I'm not going to call out anyone because it's not my style to do so. I'm not going to blast them, even though I feel I probably could and would be justified. I don't want someone doing that to me because I know in my business I've made mistakes before, and I am fortunate enough that people have always shown me grace. So I'm doing my best to show grace in this situation, but also have a real conversation with our listeners about the reality of doing business in a, what I will call a post-COVID world, even though I'm not sure I really like that phrase. Um, But everyone knows we're having supply chain issues. We're having inflation. We are technically in a recession. I mean, you had two quarters of uh, negative growth. Recession, right? Uh, they say that the consumer price index is, is it's had the biggest jump in over 40 years or the the number that the feds are putting out is 9.1% for inflation, which is probably not accurate. They're usually a little on the conservative side. So realistically, depending if you're looking at commodities or, or whatever else, it's probably more like 15 to 25%. So it's a different world than it was two years ago, two and a half years ago, I will say pre-COVID. You have a perfect storm of a lot of things that have happened in the past two years between shutting down the world for a little bit, shutting down trade, embargoes, tariffs, um, oil. You've had wars. You've had things that all have culminated into the situation that we're in. But we know we're in it. That's the thing. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, about it. So y'all know that we are, uh, most of you have listened before. If you haven't, I'm going to tell you right now. We've been in the process of building a house for about eight, nine months. We broke ground technically in November, didn't pour slept till December. So we're at the you know middle of July. And we and our builder have worked well together. And we have tried to be very proactive um, in ordering things early. 
or even sitting on it. I'd rather pay for something, sit on it three months and get it cheaper or know that we have it than wait. And so, as you know, Caitlin and I and our partners, we, we flip some houses every once in a while. We own some real estate. We, we dabble in that a bit. Um, and I've learned the last 18 months, if you can get it in stock, you better get it. And you better get everything you need and return what you don't because you may not be able to go back and get it. So we've learned that. I have bought on a flip this year. I bought shingles early, bought them in January because my roofer was kind enough to say, hey, prices are going up next month. You might go ahead and buy them. So I bought them, paid for them, set on them. Same thing with an AC for that property because I knew prices were going to go up and availability was difficult. Still haven't put in that AC five months later, but I'm sitting on it and I'll be able to this week because we're ready for it now. The point is I can't do business the same way that I always have, right? I can't run to Lowe's, can't run to Home Depot, can't run to these local companies and say, hey, I need this right now because they may not have it. They may not have an ETA on when they will get it. So if I know I'm going to need something, I have to be proactive. And understanding that I, if I run short or run out, I may not be able to get it again. It's just the way the world is now. It sucks. It's not fun. It's hard. I'm not saying that it's easier. It's actually much harder. But for businesses to thrive, let alone survive, you have to change. You have to adapt. You have to evolve. You have to be ready and willing to meet the demands of the current situation. And so back in December, we'd put in an air conditioning bid with a company, not one that I had used before, not my local guy, but you know somebody who was familiar with doing new construction home builds um, for the AC side. We got an original bid, came back um, when we were ready to actually sign it and accept it. And they were like, oh, we can't get those ACs we quoted. They won't be in until August, which back in December seemed like a long ways off. Now we're you know two weeks away from it. Um, but they said, no, we can't get those. I said, okay, fair enough. Um, what's our other option? They came back and said, well, it's these upgraded ones. They're going to cost you um, about $3,000 more, which in the grand scheme of things for three ACs, I was like, okay, um, we need ACs. I'm good with that. It actually probably is an upgraded product. They said that they were in stock, shouldn't be an issue. Okay, so we signed this January 27th. Fast forward to this week, we get a call that just says, hey, we got a problem from our builder like him a lot where we've gotten close through this process. We have not fought or killed each other, which is important. Um, cause I have always heard when you're building a home, you either, you always have to hire an attorney cause you're either going to sue your contractor or get divorced. Well, we've managed to not need one for either through this process. We're in the last part of it. It's not easy. We built a home in a time that there are supply chain issues, but we were proactive enough on everything did the same thing, bought shingles early, bought the garage doors like in November before we even started building, bought the windows in December once we had the frame in. Like we did things that made it to where even the things that were taking longer than normal came in. So back when we uh, agreed on the pricing at the end of January, I assumed that they would have purchased all of the things that were in stock. Shame on me for ever assuming anything, um, but that's what happened. So... I'm talking to them yesterday because they don't have a condenser for us. One of them has not come in. There is no ETA in sight. And I'll back up a little. They told us on, it was supposed to have been installed Monday. They called Monday to the builder and said, hey, um, it's going to be Thursday. Okay, that's fine. We can push everything back a week um, because we can't do some other things till the A season. Great. That's fine. We, we can deal with that. It's four days. Not going to change Everything we get, we called, rescheduled our movers we had planned, um, pushed it back a week, all as well. 
Well, then we get a call yesterday, legitimately, the day before they're supposed to be installed, said, we don't have it. We don't know when we're going to have it. They don't have one anywhere. So at this point, I'm frustrated. And those of you that know when I get frustrated, I may be a little much, a little extra, so to say, um, in the moment. Now, I stay calm, but like I can, I can get a little obtuse. And I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm thinking, I don't have any leverage in this situation. And that always bothers me as a business owner, as a fixer, as a problem solver, somebody who thinks that they can control situations. I had very little leverage in this because we're pinned down to a certain brand that can only be installed by certain people who are authorized or you don't have warranty. And we can't get a part. There's no ETA. Nobody has it. The manufacturer doesn't have it. I mean, the end of the month is what they're saying now, but apparently they've been saying that for months. So I don't know that I necessarily believe it. And so I'm a little frustrated at this point because we we are somewhat held hostage. Um, this company wanted to do something that I don't think is super kosher in that world. I'm um, not going to get into details, but uh, I'm not into mix matching brand new AC equipment from different manufacturers. Not Sometimes you can do it with, if you if you know a little bit about air conditioning, like there's some companies like Carrier, uh, probably shouldn't say a brand name, I'll bleep that out, maybe, who knows. But like there's some that they own other companies, right? They own um, subsidiaries. Some of the parts interchangeable, um, for the most part, kind of works. These are two completely different manufacturers owned by two different global companies. Um, and I just said, no. I mean, I don't think that the manufacturer will honor a warranty in seven or eight years when something happens because they didn't mesh well together. Um, they said, no, it's fine. Um, it's the only AC people I've ever heard say that. And so that's a red flag to me. Now, I know they're trying to accommodate situations that aren't normal. They're trying to accommodate things that are supply chain issues that they can't control, Right. They're trying to make it work so we can get into the house. But that's not an acceptable solution to me. So I get that. So I feel like I don't have any leverage in the situation. I'm not in a position where I can say, I need you to do X, Y, or Z because half of the units were installed at the rough end. So it's like we either have to pull one out, they take it back, we put in a different brand, which would actually be better than mix matching them, you know, just completely different brand. But nobody could guarantee me we could get what we needed anytime soon, even in a different brand. Um, so I got a little frustrated. I mean, I'll be the first one to say that. Like I probably was not my rosy, congenial, happy self. Um, apparently, when I get frustrated, even when I think I'm being nice and cordial, Caitlin said I can be a bit intense. Some self-awareness. Maybe I need to work on that. Maybe I don't know. But she says I can get a little intense with it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, uh, and I'm like, and it's probably not the proper protocol per business acumen for me to say, Hey, I'm going to call him. I have a builder. I have a general contractor. He's the one that should be handling that. Um, I just, you know, wanted to go through a different chain of command on it. So some of this is on me. Um, wouldn't advise you do that. But I, so I talked to the, the company last night and I had a decent conversation. I was frustrated. Um, and I just said, when did y'all order like legit? When did you order them? And he said, well, I was like, did you order them in January? Because if you ordered them in January and y'all had good faith that they were going to get here and y'all can't control that, you know what? I, I can calm down a little. We can try to figure out something that works. If you didn't, then I have more of an issue. So we started talking about, he's like, no, we didn't order them in January. That's not the way that we do things. You only pay 60% up front. So we don't order everything until it's time to come install. 
that bothered me from the perspective that had you told me I would have paid for them, would have ordered them, would have been happy to outlay that cash to make sure that we had them, right? It's a pretty simple deal. But the guy made the mistake of telling me, well, that's just how we've always done it. So that's the point of I want to talk about in this podcast real quick. If you continue to do things the way that you've always done them, when the world has changed immensely, you're going to go out of business. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I can guarantee you're going to lose business over it. And so we're having this conversation about it. And I said that, and I said, you're going to go out of business if you don't change the way you operate to a to the world that we're in now. You know there's supply chain issues. You know that things are backwards. You know that you can't get it. Why would you wait any longer than you have to to order that? I understand as a company, if you have cash flow issues, if you don't want to outlay the cash and sit on it for months, that is fine. Tell us. Communicate with the customer, with the contractor, however you want to do it, and say, hey, we can't outlay the cash on you know tens or 20 jobs while we wait three or four months. Would you mind paying for that? And we'll store it in our warehouse. Even if you don't have storage room, tell us. We'll find somewhere for it. But the point is like, yeah, maybe that worked the last 15 years, but it doesn't work this year. You sit there and acknowledge to me that the system is broken in which you're trying to operate, but yet you are not making changes. So I got on a little bit Facebook rant about it because that's what I do when I get frustrated. I write. I write blogs. I podcast. I talk about those things. It's cathartic for me. But I mean, you knew it was broken. You knew the system that you were in is not working efficiently or properly. But instead of changing, you sit there and you tell me, we do it the way we've always done it. So I'm telling you right now, that is the most dangerous, scariest phrase you can hear in business. And I've heard somebody else say that. I don't know who to give it credit to, but I know when a company tells me that's the way you've always done it, run. And so when push came to shove, I apparently, even though I was nice about it and I said, I don't think y'all are going to be in business if you don't adapt to this current situation. Doing it the way that you've always done it will mean you don't have much to do in 12 to 18 months. Apparently that was offensive. And so this morning they fired me as a customer. Which some people um, that were, you know, involved in this were a little uh, more freaked out by that than I was. I actually stepped back and I, I felt a weight off of me, and I said, "Good." And I think that might have uh, freaked Caitlin out a little, my builder. My thought process on it is good. Do I want to do long term business with people who don't want to change? Their argument was they thought I would be hard to deal with on a warranty claim later. I said, you're probably right because y'all wanted to install it in a way that I didn't think was adequate. And so as hard as that is, you know, nobody wants to get broken up with, right? Get dumped. Man, I was like, that's a weight off. And I think they freaked out a little because they're like, no, now what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get this done? You know what? We can figure it out. Before I had one option wait on them, try to find somebody else who could get that specialty product that nobody could get anyways, or I could make changes. I'm going to pay them what I owe them. I'm going to get the equipment that is in stock that I've um, committed to. We're going to buy it. We're going to get it put in and we're going to be four days behind. I was able to get something else ordered that will work and work better than the solution they provided. 
and I'm happy with it. And so I am one of the biggest advocates of if a customer is not a good fit for you, get rid of them. That's totally okay. Ryan Stuman talks a lot about f- building your ideal customer in your mind, knowing what they are and only doing business with people that fit that mold. And if I'm not somebody that they want to do business with, I am totally great with that. I actually was like, good, because I feel the same way. And now I have other options that I can explore easier. And so if you're not willing to change, though, as a company, if you can't adapt, evolve, if you can't run lean in times where we have labor shortages and make it work, then you probably shouldn't be in business. Every day is a different day. We can never rest on our laurels as a business because things constantly change. Ask a realtor how they got business 15 years ago. It wasn't from Facebook or from Instagram or from social media or from leads coming in on Zillow. Because people walked in the front door. It doesn't happen anymore. We're in an integrated world that is totally different. We can no longer rest on the way that we did things 10 years ago, five years ago. We can't do things the same that we did last month because things are changing at a rapid pace. And if businesses are not willing or able to adapt to that, they won't survive. I don't know what the next year holds for everybody. I don't know if we go into a recession. I don't know if if things just magically get better. If we have worse inflation, we have better inflation, they hike rates. Nobody knows those things. The top economists in the world can tell you one thing and they might be right and they might not be. But I can tell you one thing. The people that will come out ahead are the people who will adapt. The people who are willing to change. The people who are willing to acknowledge that what we did in the past was awesome. It worked great. It doesn't work now. You can't be set in your ways and be successful. You always have to be able to reinvent yourself. The best ones do. The most dangerous, scariest words in business are, well, we've always done it that way. Do not let that be your mantra. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that I um, didn't piss anybody off inadvertently, but you got to grow. You got to adapt. You got to overcome the challenges that we are facing as a country, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as everyday people. We have challenges. The ones that will do well will adapt. Live it full. Have a great week, guys. Listen to this entire episode. That means you gain some type of value. So make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Living for Living Everyday Life with a Purpose. Living Everyday Life with a Purpose. Make sure you embrace every single day. And we'll see you next time on the Living Full Podcast.